Wrestling fans, now you too can look as cool as Monty and the Pharaoh by wearing the official Monty and the Pharaoh sunglasses at night for $8.99 each. That's only $8.99 each. Now available at MontyandthePharaoh.com. We know what you're thinking. Did they fire off six fascinating points of interest or only five? Well, to tell you the truth, in all the excitement of watching and listening to Long Island's number one wrestling podcast, I've actually forgotten myself. But being this is the Monty and the Pharaoh from Indie Music Studios in Ronkonkoma. And the fact that they were talking to yet another champion wrestling star, one of the most powerful and talented performers from the wrestling franchise, and not to forget, well-informed and provocative interview questions asked and answered. It was such an interesting and entertaining hour, the questions nearly blew your head clean off. Now you've got to ask yourself a question. Do I feel lucky? Do you, punk? What? Yeah. No, I'm... Yeah, I'm behaving myself. No, I'm not playing in abandoned buildings. What? Again? Now. I suppose you had those people follow me again. Fine. Hey. This is Jimmy Farrow from Monty and the Farrow, and I want to thank all our subscribers. We have now passed 14,000 on our YouTube channel. But I want to ask our subscribers to take the next step for us and become a full-fledged member of Monty and the Pharaoh. Yeah, that's right, folks. There's three different levels to choose from. There's free shirts. There's free autographs. Just check it out and become a member of Long Island's number one pro wrestling broadcast, Monty and the Pharaoh. Later.
way of, of training and once you explain that, can you do pretty much the same thing that, that the Hogan did? Kind of explain what got you into the business and who helped you to get started in there. But I, I, I'm interested to know myself, you know, how in the hell you get to look like that? You jack, bro. Man, this is coming from somebody who's twice my size. Man, I'm trying to get like you, brother, man. You see those arms right there? Well, all you got to yeah. do is get fat, bald-headed, black, and ugly. You look just like me. Well, I'm halfway there. Yeah, Monty and the Pharaoh, number one wrestling podcast here. When it comes to podcasts, they are the queen, the club. Yeah, dig it. freak out yeah here i am uh back in the studio microphone and uh headset yeah real uh real podcast looking but it's all an illusion yeah smoke and mirrors uh-huh but it looks good and i like things that look good so here's the deal welcome to another installment of uh macho man days and i am your host macho man and we're trying to find a format here. We're kind of uh, testing a few things out. And uh, what we're doing is we're getting some questions from some fans. And I have some questions here and I have some answers here. And uh, I think each week we're going to do that. We're going to get about 10 questions or so. And uh, your question will be answered, possibly, uh, when you tune in and you listen. So uh, people will find out some things that maybe uh, they didn't even know that they wanted to know, and now they're going to know. So we're going to start playing around with different ideas, and uh, maybe doing something a little different where I actually have a co-host to be uh, kind of directing the flow. You know what I'm saying? Like he could, uh, he could ask me the questions or whatever like that, and uh, we'll kind of keep it going in that kind of a format. Maybe we will, maybe we won't. We're testing it all out. No matter which way it goes, it's still Macho Man Days here on Monty and the Pharaoh. Yeah, they get that. So why don't we go to question number one? And that question is, I don't have who it's from here. So uh, if this sounds like your question, it might be your question. Do you have a relationship with Lanny? The only relationship that I have with Lanny is that uh, he knows who I am, he knows what I do, he approves of it. Um, I have spoken to him, uh, uh -oh. no dogs barking, I hear people outside, that's not good, I'm trying not to wake the beasts. Um, we have uh, spoken via email. Um, and a couple of times on Facebook Messenger, uh, most recently I sent him the, uh, the Halloween gimmick. Yeah, see, I'm not liking that right there. Yeah, see, I got a problem with that. I don't know if you guys could pick up on that, but it sounds like that there's kids playing right on my front step. And I'm like the old man, uh, you know what I'm saying? Old man savage, man. He don't like kids. Yeah, he's, uh, don't go by that door. He's kind of, uh, crazy, yeah. I'm just gonna let, wait, I'm gonna wait for him to subside a little bit. I'm gonna wait for things to, uh, 
quiet down. Either that or I'll jump outside and scare some kids. We think I go out there like this and yell at them. See, when they make noise, the dogs make noise. All right, I think that they, uh, nope. Bear with me, I'm trying, man. Um, uh, my, my, uh, my studio isn't soundproof, but it looks nice. This corner of my studio looks nice. Yeah, all right, I'm gonna try to ignore it. Anyway, so, um, so I have spoken to Lanny and the, uh, the uh, Lanny Puffo impression that I did, I did it for Halloween, I bought a cap and gown and I, uh, I did an impression of Lanny and, uh, and I you know, posted it up and I sent it to him privately and he liked it. So, uh, you know, if, uh, to answer that question, then yeah, I guess I do have some, I wouldn't say relationship, but, uh, but I have, you know, contact with him, you know what I mean? And uh, there's been ideas that have passed through my head, and I've uh, thrown a couple of ideas at them. But uh, sometimes when you get no response, you kind of take that as, uh, you know, not really too interested. But, you know, there's always something. Daisy. No. I'm on the video scope. You know that. This is what I, this is... You get the uh, you know three hosts for the for the price of one. You got me and Daisy and Buddy here. All right, why don't you guys be good and go uh, like sit in the green room or something? You know what I mean? I'm doing the thing here. Yeah, I wish that you could see this. Okay, Daisy, it's not always time for uh, belly rubs. All right, so anyway, that was question number one. Number two, here's something that I wasn't too sure about. Uh, how do you feel about multiple passings at the Cauliflower Alley Club due to COVID? Um, I was there all weekend, and um, the only two people that I know of that passed away shortly after the uh, Cauliflower Alley Club reunion was uh, Reggie Parks, who uh, was my first time meeting him, and uh, you know, met him all three days pretty much. He came over and said, what's up? Came over to the table and, you know, talked about the belts and stuff, which uh, this right here is one of the ones that he uh, designed. It's one of my favorites, of course. And then the uh, the other one is the Eagle Wing um, Heavyweight Championship belt. So, um, so I had the honor of speaking with him. Um, I didn't realize that he was, uh, I don't know, you know, I don't know if he uh, passed away from COVID, but uh, he did pass away a few days after that weekend. Um, the only other person that I know that passed away shortly after that weekend, who I saw there as well, um, was uh, Tom Cassati. Um, some of you may know him, some of you may not, but chances are you do know him. He's been around and uh, been involved in the wrestling biz. Everybody knows him. Um, he's very, uh, very nice guy. Very helpful to you know any uh, talent or you know he. Uh, I think he genuinely liked being a part of the wrestling business and helping those out 
to go further. Uh, he liked to do whatever he can do to try to help out um, because he's just a, you know, huge fan and just wanted to be a part of it. And, um, and that's exactly what he did. He became a part of it. So um, whether or not that was COVID, I heard yes, I heard no, I'm not really sure. But uh, what I do know is that both of those people did pass out, uh, pass away um, right after, you know, about a week later um, or a couple weeks later. And uh, if, I, if there's somebody else that I don't know about, um, that was uh, that, that was the only passings that I heard of. And I'm assuming that whoever wrote that question in uh, is... Uh, Whoever wrote that, whoever uh, whoever wrote that question, and knows something. So, um, if I'm missing somebody, let me know. You know what I mean? Because uh, that's then maybe there is others. I don't know. But um, second part to that question: Were you worried while at Cauliflower Alley Club? Jesus, yeah, I gotta get a new studio. Um. I wasn't worried because uh, this may not be the popular answer, but I don't worry. Uh, I don't worry about things that I can't really uh, control. You know, I had to learn that the hard way, and uh, you know, I don't. Uh, I know that I have a very strong immune system, so I don't worry about uh, it being compromised. If uh, you know, I just I. I've been in worse situations than the Cauliflower Alley Club, you know what I mean, with uh, a lot of people around and not wearing a mask and, uh, you know, I don't, I don't let it, uh, you know, I don't let it deter me from doing things, you know what I mean, I'm not going to like not go to the, you know, Cauliflower Alley Club reunion because of COVID, you know what I mean, so uh, I was never worried, no, I don't, I don't worry, Daisy! Yeah, I think maybe I picked the wrong time of day. I have to write this down. That, uh, the dogs don't like this time of day. Or time of night. We're just going to wait for that to settle down a little bit. Guys, you're messing up my whole gimmick here, man. You know what I'm saying? I'm trying to do the thing. What are you doing? Don't look at me like that. I'm doing the video thing. Oh, well. Sorry, guys. You're just going to have to bear with uh, Maybe a little bit later on in the broadcast, I can, uh... uh yeah. My apologies. I, uh... Nothing I can do. So I'm not gonna worry about it. I'm not gonna worry because you know if there's nothing I can do about it, then I'm not gonna worry about it. Yeah, I don't know why. Uh, I don't know why kids are outside screaming like uh, like uh, Jason is chasing after him. Do you hear that? I hope that you can hear all that. I'm trying to maintain my composure, and, uh, yeah. All right. Give me one second there. Daisy! Man. Is it wrong for me to, like, uh, 
be like the old grumpy guy and yell out the window, you kids, uh, get off my lawn. You hooligans. You crazy little whippersnappers. I know, uh, yeah, I know where you live, yeah. I know why, I know your parents. Uh-huh. Be like that old guy. Just get away from my window. Send the attack dogs out right after you. All right, back to my questions. Quiet out there. You're interrupting the uh, Macho Man days. Um, all right, now here's a question that I'm going to kind of avoid. I'm going to try to change the question around a little bit here. The question is asking me if there's any heat between me and a particular other person. Now, I'm not even going to mention their names because they're not worth me mentioning their names. That's me giving them some kind of credibility. It's me putting them over more than they already put themselves over. You understand? I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to help you out. Nope. And if you're listening and you know who you are, then you understand that I've already told you, man. No heat. We don't know each other. Don't talk to me. Don't look at me. Yeah, don't say nothing because I don't like you and I'm not going to shake your hand when I see you and I told you that the last time that I saw you. Get away from me. Bottom line, that's all you got to do. I don't care. Yeah. I'm starting to think I'm going to have to uh, scare some little kids out of their, out of their wits. So anyway, it's asking me if I have heat with this particular person. Not really. Um, you know, I uh, basically I said what I had to say, and that's that. Um, I just think that some people don't belong in the wrestling business. I think that they belong on the other side of the barricade. If you're, uh, you know, if you're a huge fan, that's understandable because we were all fans and we all got into wrestling because we were fans. But uh, you got to remember, man, when you step foot in that ring, you know, you're now one of them. You're no longer a fan or a mark. And I'm going to, you know, go and say that uh, you're a bigger mark for yourself than you are uh, any 80s wrestler. Because that's what you do is you just follow 80s wrestlers around and uh, you hang on their coattails like a lost little kitten. And uh, that's all I got to say about that. No names mentioned, but if you know who you are, you know who you are. Yeah, and if you don't know who I'm talking about, it doesn't even matter because that's all you need to know is that if you're a huge mark for yourself and you're a huge mark for uh, the guys that you grew up watching and you uh, latch on to them, you're making yourself look real pathetic. Yeah, you're a real sad case. Uh-huh, and that's why I'm not going to give you any credit. Yeah, I don't know about all that, man. I don't know how you guys are going to... Yeah, I'm not... Uh... I'm not happy right now. You might see me uh, get to my boiling point. I don't, I don't even know. I can't even, uh,
it's very hard for me to to concentrate and to think over what I'm saying here until these guys uh, quiet down. Buddy, no more noise. No. Man, I'm going to have to yell at my dogs like... Uh, you guys got to be able to hear the, the sound outside. That my dogs aren't just barking for no reason. There's any noise outside, they uh, they start barking. And these kids are... Uh, uh, what's going on, man? Go to Chuck E. Cheese. Get away from the door. Yeah. Yeah, man. I'm not happy at this right now. Back to the questions. Yeah. I gotta speak over my animals and speak over the kids out there. Yeah, it's starting to get me a little bit to my boiling point. Yeah. Anyway, like I was saying. Daisy. Man, this is not... Not a very relaxed atmosphere right here right now. Man, I'm telling you, I swear they're like uh they're like right outside, uh like dancing on my windowsill. Alright. Anyway, the next question is about my acting career. Can't really call it a career, but uh I did dabble in some acting that was part of the plan is that uh, if there ever came a time that I was going to be done with uh, with wrestling, that I was going to uh, go to my, my second love, which was always, you know, performing and uh, entertaining. And since wrestling and, and acting kind of go hand in hand, you know what I mean? There's uh, a lot of acting, more than some of these guys think, and that's why they're only wrestlers and not entertainers. But... Uh, for me, I was always more into the guys that were, uh, you know, believable characters and uh, guys that could cut a promo and, and sound like they mean it. You know what I mean? It's all acting skills, man. You know, eye contact with the camera and uh, eye contact with somebody else if you're doing the promo with them. And, uh, you know, it's very, uh, very important to have your uh, acting skills up to par. So, uh, it was kind of a natural thing, and I uh, moved to L.A., and uh, I moved there for about uh, two and a half, three years, did my thing there, worked hard at it, got some uh, some pretty uh, pretty good parts here and there. I was on an episode of Family, uh, Modern Family. Um, it was an episode titled uh, Good Night, Irene, and uh, it was a courtroom scene. And I think they were in Florida or something like that, and they were in court. And uh, I was the case before whoever was going up. Um, and it was like one, it was like, it was a short scene as it was. And, uh, and then when they aired it, it was like even shorter. So I didn't have a long, you know, uh, long dialogue there, but they cut it down to me going, what? And that was it. And uh, I was basically uh, playing the part of a drug dealer. So I was all dressed fancy and, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, 
but Sorry guys, just waiting, man. Just waiting. I'm, you know, can't talk over these guys, man. It gets me, uh, you guys are getting me a little hot. Calm down. Relax. Go lay down. No, not right here. Okay. Sorry. Mandatory uh, belly rubs here. So, uh, what other acting stuff? Um, there were some background things. Uh, you know, some of the popular shows uh, at the time, because I was there. I was there uh, from like 2000, 2010 to about uh, 2010, 2011, um, till 2013. And then I moved back here to Las Vegas, where I was originally living. Um, but I'm trying to think of some of the more interesting things that I've done. Um, did a Sunny Delight commercial a long time ago. Um, that was back in like 2004. Played the part of a wrestler getting beat up by a Sunny Delight. Um, I jobbed out to a bottle of Sunny Delight, but it was uh, well worth it. Best payday I ever got wrestling. And, um, what other ones? There was, uh, trying to think of the ones that I enjoyed most. There was a production that was made, uh, it was like a little demo film. Um, and it was based after the movie Saw. It was basically like, uh, it was a Halloween thing that they were, uh, they had a, a thing here, a Halloween haunted type of deal. And, um, and they had a, a room that was like, uh, were a few rooms that were uh, interactive, like Saw. You'd go and you'd, you know, see the, uh, the traps or whatever, you know what I mean? And um, so we did this whole, like, uh, mini movie. It was only about 20 minutes long, but it was like, it was really good the way that it was produced and the way that the set looked and everything. Uh, it's, uh, you could find it on YouTube, I'm pretty sure, if you put in... Uh, if you put in Vic Divine, V-I-C-D period V-I-N-E, that was my wrestling name, but it was also uh, the name that I used for all of my acting stuff. So it was my stage name from, uh, you know, from day one. Um, well, not actually day one. I had some other bad names, but that's the one that I, that I stuck with. And... Um, so whenever my name is in the credits, it'll say Vic Divine most of the time. Um, but if you want to see some of the things that I've done, I'm sure that uh, just about everything is somewhere up on on YouTube or if you just Google the name Vic Divine, um, my demo reel will pop up from back in the uh, days when I was acting and... Um, trying to think if there's any other things that you might want to check out you know there was a few local commercials and stuff too um things that were shot out here in vegas that were not uh you know basically just uh local companies that uh would do commercials for their local tv here 
So I did a couple of those things, playing like a burglar for a uh, for an alarm company out here. Um, there was another commercial that we did out here for uh, Health Plan in Nevada. So there's a lot of local stuff out here, but the things that I get booked on here, um, and I still dabble in it here and there. If something sounds like you know good money or sounds like a good little project that I'm going to enjoy, then uh, I'll still do it. You know, not as much, but uh, as Vic Divine. So Vic Divine still lives in uh, in the entertainment world. Just uh, it's not my main focus, and it's not. Uh, something that I take every gig, you know what I mean? This right here, doing the match thing is something that uh, I'm focusing on 110%. And uh, this is what I really am uh, concentrating on right now. Doing the thing, doing the match thing. So, um, but yeah, you can search Vic Divine and you can find a lot of uh, interesting things. I, they are interesting, even though I can't think of them right now. There was, uh, Eliminate was a uh, like a dating game game show type of deal back in the day. That was like uh, 2004, 2005, something like that. Um, right before I moved down to Louisville, Kentucky for OVW, which uh, gives me the segue right into the next question. Yeah, I like this. See how good I am? Yeah, Ryan Seacrest ain't got nothing on me. Yeah. Uh-huh. Why did you not make it to the main roster? Okay, so here's the deal with that. Um, I was down at OVW from 2005 to 2007. Now, I moved down there. I was living in New York, and uh, I had pretty much done everything that I could do on the East Coast. WWE knew who I was already, and I was, you know, doing their uh, TVs and stuff whenever they were in the area. Um, I was getting, uh, um, you know, bookings for enhancement talent or whatever. And, uh, I just felt like, you know, things aren't going to go any further if I don't take it to the next level. So, uh, at this particular time, OVW was, um, now considering to bring talent in to, to train there. Um, you know, if you're willing to pay and, you know move your life down there, whatever. They didn't do that uh, the year prior that uh, they were only accepting people. They would do the tryouts, and if you got chosen for the tryout, then um, you would be invited to come down there, and you basically, uh, you know, you're getting an invite, so you're paying. You're not under contract right away. You were invited to try to get a contract. Um, and... Uh, I actually did that the year before I actually moved down there. And um, that's going off on a different subject there. I'm sure we'll uh, touch on that at some other time. But uh, basically, uh, 2005 to 2007, moving down there on my own dime, trying to find work um, that is uh, that could work around um, the shows, the uh, the training sessions. It was not an easy time because... I wasn't being paid to be down there, but I was paying to train there and I was being able to uh, be seen by WWE when they came down there. Um, I was much closer uh, living down there. You know what I mean? I was, uh, I was like, uh, at least I had 
eyes on me at that point. And uh, what ended up happening with that is that uh, as far as like not making it to the main roster, I wasn't even uh, I wasn't even contracted, um, and I kind of left on my own. Um, you know, I just kind of uh, I was there for two years. I had moved up from the you know they started me in the beginners class, no problem. I kept my mouth shut. You know, worked hard. Of course, they just wanted to test me, and uh, you know when they saw I could lock up and take a bump. That I moved, uh, they got me moved into uh, Rip Rogers' class, um, which was the intermediate class. But if you ask me, that's where you really learned the uh, the advanced stuff. Um, and then there was the advanced class, and Al Snow was the trainer of all the contracted talent. So I was I was training with the intermediate crew the intermediate um, class and the uh, and the advanced class. So I was doing double trainings. Um, and I guess the only thing I could say about not making it is that, uh, you know, it was definitely the wrong time because, you know, WWE goes through their periods of uh, what they're looking for. You know what I mean? And uh, for a long time, they wanted guys that were like 6'2 and over, you know, 230 pounds and over, whatever it was. And they're constantly changing, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, size or a certain uh, demographic or, you know, um, you just got to be at the right place at the right time. And uh, I think I was at the right place at the wrong time because I wasn't what they were looking for. And... Um, I was kind of like in between, you know, I wasn't big, but I also wasn't like a cruiserweight guy, which once in a while they would take a look at, um, but they would be like, their gimmick would be like a smaller guy, kind of like a Crash Holly, you know what I mean? Like he was a small guy, but they kind of like made that his whole gimmick. So at this time there wasn't a whole lot of small guys and, uh, I was like right on the border, man. I was like, you know. I was ripped and I was like 200 pounds or something like that. But compared to the other guys that were, uh, you know, signed, that were under contract, um, I was, I, you know, I was small. So I wasn't what they were looking for. And uh, eventually, towards the end there, because I, uh, like I said, I started in 2005 and by, uh, I left in July of 2007. And what was happening towards the end was uh, they would um, they would treat me and there was only a few others that they uh, invited in to the advanced class um, that weren't under contract. And a lot of them ended up getting contracts and uh, and are still, you know, either working for WWE, either uh, behind the cameras as an agent, as a producer, whatever, um, or or as talent, whether they're still in WWE or they, you know, moved on to uh, other promotions. But um, they had no interest in seeing guys and girls that were not under contract. When the office would come down there, which was usually uh, every Wednesday because we would have uh, the TV tapings, we would have a, a show on the CW out there in Louisville, Kentucky. And we did the show on Wednesdays and then it aired on Saturday nights, I believe it was. 
but every Wednesday was our live TV taping and um, always had a good crowd at the Davis Arena and um, there was always a production meeting in the afternoon that was usually, uh, we didn't have any training on Wednesdays in the afternoon. It was uh, come to the production meeting, dress uh, biz cash and uh, find out what's going on for the evening. And, um, and even if you didn't have something, uh, you know, every week I would be there and I would uh, ask Al, you know, hey man, you got anything for me? Can we, you know, and um, Al was cool, man. He liked me and he would always um, uh, get me on TV whenever, uh, whenever he could use me. But he always said, you know what, man, bring your stuff and hang out in the back, get dressed, you never know. And uh, a lot of guys didn't like that. A lot of guys didn't do that. And I did, you know, every time that I, uh, every Wednesday, I treated it as if I was wrestling. And uh, I'd get to the Davis Arena and I'd, uh, you know, go in the back and hang out and, you know, I'd get dressed and I'm ready to go if something happened where they, uh, they needed to fill in some time or, you know, whatever, it's live, you know what I mean? So uh, they got to keep things going and if they needed a, a quick five minute match or something in between something, that's when they look for the guys that are dressed and ready to go. And uh, I always let them know where I was. Hey man, I'm in this room, I'm dressed and ready to go. I mean, I was oiled up, I was ready, man. I'm back there warming up the whole night just in case they, uh, just in case they need me. So um, I don't think that me not getting signed was uh, any fault of my own. Um, it's one of those things that uh, it obviously wasn't meant to be and uh, I don't have any regrets. I'm doing this thing right now and I enjoy doing this thing and it's uh, less dangerous and, uh, and I get to entertain people in a safe way. And I really dig this and uh, so I don't cry over not getting signed. It was actually a blessing in disguise, I think. And, um, but hopefully that answers your question as to why I never got um, on the main roster. I was never, never really part of, uh, you know, I was never part of a roster uh, as far as, you know, it being, uh, being a paid spot. We'll put it like that. But, uh, even if I would have stuck around, six months later, WWE lost their deal with uh, OVW as a developmental for whatever reason. And uh, I guess they couldn't survive without Vic Divine. Because when I left, man, six months later, it went bye-bye. But uh, OVW is still there, and it's still strong, and Al is still the... Uh, he's basically one of the owners of uh, OVW now. And... Um, they just don't have a, a tie with WWE as far as their developmental. And if you ask me, they should because when OVW was the developmental uh, for WWE, they were producing great talent. Um, I mean, uh, you guys probably already know, man. Batista and uh, Randy Orton and John Cena and Brock Lesnar. Um, uh, who else? Shelton Benjamin. There's a lot of guys, man. Um, Eugene. There's so many guys that uh, that basically 
were trained by Rip Rogers and uh, and Al Snow during their time in uh, developmental. And I hate to say, man, when uh, when they decided to cut ties with uh, you know with OVW, they never produced talent like that ever again. Um, I see what they're trying to do now. They're trying to do like a developmental type of thing with NXT that it's not a third brand, that it's a developmental, but they have their own TV and, you know, they're going out there and, uh, and basically just showing their, their training sessions. And, um, that doesn't, you know, you don't, I don't know why you'd want to put people on TV that aren't ready to, to, to be on TV. You know, they're not, their work isn't, it doesn't make any sense to me, but I'm not here trying to figure it out. We'll have future podcasts where, uh, I try to, understand and uh you just watch me get more and more confused because i can't understand what's going on these days but uh that's why i don't really watch i hear through the grapevine and then i uh check out the details on that and i do some research on whatever it is that's uh you know crazy happenings and uh there's always something crazy that makes no sense and that is the way that it is on to the next question. Looks like it's the last question. And it's simply, did you ever meet P.S. Michael Hayes or Bruce Pritchard? I'm going to say that uh, I have met the both of them. I don't remember a time that I, you know, sat down and had a conversation with either one of them. Um, but I know that... You know, I, I've done I've I've done so many things and met so many people that it's hard for me to to say that uh, that I didn't at least you know meet them in passing and you know say hello or whatever. Um, but yeah, I'm not I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I'm gonna say yeah. And uh, and like I said, it was never. Um, never a conversation or else I'd probably remember that. But uh, I'm sure that we were at the same place at the same time and we crossed by and I said, how you doing? That's probably uh, the extent of it. Um, I can tell you that uh, Tom Pritchard, Bruce Pritchard's brother, brother, um, I knew him very well. Um, not very, very, you know, but uh, I knew him better than, than Bruce. I've uh, done some of the uh, Bruce Pritchard training camps, which were amazing. Always learned some really, uh, really good stuff. Um, so if anybody's ever taken a seminar with, um, with Tom Pritchard, you know what I'm talking about. And if you haven't, and you call yourself a wrestler and you think you know it all... You need to go, uh, he actually has a school. Him and uh, Glenn Jacobs, Kane, Mayor Kane, they actually have a uh, wrestling school together in uh, Knoxville, I believe. It's in Tennessee. But um, but Bruce Pritchard, uh, I mean, uh, Tom Pritchard pretty much has his own, you know, his own wrestling school where he's the, he's the head trainer there, you know, all the time. Um, and Kane is like, uh, you know, I would assume he's not there as much as, uh, as much as Tom, but, uh, Tom is a great guy and he's, uh, 
got great knowledge, and um, I like him. He's uh, he cares. You know what I mean. He loves wrestling so much that he really cares about uh, you know cares about the business and and where it's going, um, and he cares about the people that really want it to happen. That uh, you know. The ones that aren't just saying that they want to be a wrestler, you know what I mean? There's a difference between, you know, I want to, I wanted to be a wrestler ever since I was a kid and blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, showing that you'll do anything to be a part of it. And um, I think that when Tom sees those that are uh, really dedicated and disciplined and, uh, they walk the walk when they talk the talk. Um, I think he's um, very helpful to those that uh, that he believes really want it. So that's it for the questions. Now, now that you know that we're doing a Q&A type of deal, um, send in your questions. Um, I guess you would send them to uh, Monty and the Pharaoh, um, whatever way, uh, whatever way is the simplest way. I don't really know. Like we're just, you know, trying out this format. We're gonna see how it goes. I'm assuming that we're gonna keep it because it does help things to flow. It does get uh, you guys like interactive with it and everything. So, um, so just keep on uh, submitting questions. Um, We'll get a hold of the questions and uh, we'll answer them. Um, we may not get around to everybody's question. Uh, I don't know how many we're going to be getting, but uh, if we're getting a lot of questions, that means that we have a lot of viewers. And if we have a lot of viewers, that means we're doing something right. And uh, so far, I think that we're doing okay. I'm hearing through the grapevine that, uh, that Mach is a big hit on Mondays. There's some other uh, wrestling show on Mondays, uh, I don't know, something raw or some, I don't know, something like that. But, uh, yeah, it's not important. Nobody watches it anyway. So, on Mondays, you got to tune in on uh, Monty and the Pharaoh, Macho Mondays. And that's what you're watching and listening to right now. Now... We can talk a little bit about uh, the recent activities at WWE, the firings, you know, those that have been featured endeavored, and um, my opinion on that is that, uh, you know, some of them, of course, were a huge surprise, and some of them I didn't even know who they were. A lot of them I didn't know who they were because I don't, I don't really watch. Um, and a lot of them were NXT guys that they haven't done anything with anyway. And I think, you know, in my opinion, and again, you know, probably an unpopular opinion, but uh, and if you want to disagree, that's fine. No problem. But uh, what I'm thinking is, is that uh, they need to crack down on the people that are, uh, that are not vaccinated. Um, now I'm not going to talk about whether I'm for or against or whatever, man, that's not the, uh, that's not the, uh, issue here. Um, and I don't want to get into a debate about who's right and who's wrong because whatever you believe is the right thing because you believe it. We don't all have to agree, 
but the thing is that I feel that they're kind of given the hint that you need to be uh, you need to get the vaccine because of traveling and um, I think a lot of the talent is against getting the vaccine because they don't trust it or whatever it's not that they're against vaccines it's not against you know um, it's just against their beliefs and they're being told that you have to get this vaccine in order to hold your job schedule now they can't have people under contract and then have people saying no I'm not gonna go on that uh, on that tour or I'm not gonna go you know like uh, I, I think that most of the firings that you're gonna see are gonna be people that aren't vaccinated um, and of course there'll be some mixed in there that are vaccinated to make it look like that that's not the main reason I believe it is the main reason um, and they're starting with a lot of the talent that they're not that they're not using but they're throwing in just to kind of like confuse us you know you throw in a Braun Strowman or you throw in uh, you know um, uh, who was the most recent uh, uh, Kevin Cross like it doesn't make any sense at all. I don't know what his deal was with uh, the vaccine or whatever, but you know, you just took the you just took the future of the business or the future of WWE and uh, pretty much put a kibosh on it. He was he was the guy. He was the guy that was going to be the next um, the next Rock, the next whatever. Um, those guys are very hard to come by these days, and he had the total package. Um, he could, he could work. His character was, uh, believable and, uh, he just had, you know, he had the, all of the makings of, of a real superstar and, uh, they got rid of him, got rid of his girl. They'll go somewhere else and make a ton of money and, uh, and do with them what WWE should have done. And the same thing goes for all of the other talent, Braun Strowman and uh, Bray Wyatt, and um, and all of the the bigger names that uh, that they released. They're they're being uh, you know they're they're being welcomed with uh, open arms over at AEW. If you were a big enough name over there, and Impact is opening their doors too. Um, so between those two, man, I don't know. Vince is not. You know, he's not, I don't understand why you would do all these cuts when you know that you have competition breathing down your neck and that they're willing to take guys that um, that are big names that were not used right. I mean, you know, they did it with the... Uh, um, Brody, you know, Brody was like the first one. He... He goes over to AEW, becomes a big star over there. And, uh, you know, in WWE, he was like, uh, you know, that's one that they lost right there that, uh, you know, it's like they're being misused and then they go to AEW and they're used just right. It's unfortunate what happened with him, but uh, I think that he would have been very, very happy financially and very happy um, being in the position that they put him in, you know.
But uh, it's a very interesting time for wrestling. It's a very interesting time just for the business. I'm a fan of of uh, what's going on kind of like behind the video scope. I'm kind of interested in what's, you know, what's brewing in the actual business, not so much of, you know, what's going on, what storyline, who's the champion, who's this, who's that, I don't care. You know what I mean? I just know that if I was a wrestler today, um, I'd be pretty excited about the fact that there's uh, many places to go. And uh, you guys know for a long time, there was only one show in town, man, and if you got released from WWE, you kind of, you were kind of screwed. There was nowhere to go except for uh, back on the indies, which could be pretty, uh, um, pretty uh, sad, you know, that you're making all this big money and you're doing all the big arenas and everything, and then you're back to uh, doing, going backwards, you know, going, uh, going back where you started. But eventually, then, you know, they, they get called back years later or whatever. But uh, you guys uh, you guys are going to see some pretty amazing things as far as, uh, you know, just the inner workings of the business where um, you're going to see guys leaving WWE. They're going to be uh, jumping ship, man. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? I'm telling you, man, it's like... Uh, Time distortion, yeah, time distortion. We're going back to the 90s now where, you know, AEW is like, uh, it's like WCW, man. And they're going, you know, back and forth and they're going to go head to head. And um, I think that that whole uh, NWO thing and uh, the whole Monday Night, you know, Monday Night Wars was, uh, you know, probably the best time in wrestling ever man you know that whole uh that whole attitude error and the whole um, competition and who's leaving and who's showing up in the new world order and that's like how it is now man it's like uh you know you hear about somebody getting released from wwe and that would be the end of it you hear it and you go okay well that sucks we're not gonna see him anymore you know unless he goes back on the indies or whatever but now you know once you hear about people being future endeavored the first thing is, where are they going to show up? You know, where before, there was nowhere to show up. But now it's interesting, man. When somebody gets released, it's interesting. Where are they going to go? Are they happy about getting released because they wanted to go to AEW anyway? I don't think that there's too many people that are upset about their uh, getting released. You know, um, you'll hear a lot of the, the tweets or whatever. Um, after somebody gets released, man, it, they, they thank WWE and they don't sound like they're, uh, you know, too bothered by the decision. They're, um, I think they're quite happy with being able to go somewhere new and explore, you know, a whole new, uh, a whole new company. And, um, I don't hear too many people complaining about, uh, how it is in the AEW family, and uh, they try to treat their their talent like family. Um, it's just, from what I understand, it's a much better workplace. And with that being said, you know, it's a, uh, they're getting paid well. It's a better atmosphere in the back. The travel isn't as um, 
extreme as with WWE. And, um, and they'll give you time off, man, for, uh, you know, an injury or um, even, you know, like Moxley um, checking himself into a rehab and, and um, you know, AEW not even, they're not trying to cover that up. They're not saying that he got injured. They're, you know, they're being real with their fans, man. It's like, you know, the fans are going to know anyway. You know what I mean? It's like you could do whatever on TV and uh, do that whole, uh, you know, fake storyline to get them off TV. And then you're going to read, you know, the very next uh, five minutes on some dirt sheet telling you the real reason. I think it's pretty cool that they're being upfront about it. You know what? Yeah. You know, he's got uh, he's got a drinking problem. He's going to go address it. He's going to come back better than ever. The fans appreciate that, man. And the fans are supportive. And I think that's a whole different approach. You know what I mean? Um, they're being, and even WWE has been a little bit more lenient with um, needing necessary time off to, uh, you know, it's very nice to see that they're caring a little bit more now or a lot more or at all about uh, the awareness of, uh, of mental health. And, um, believe me, man, it's, uh, that's even more crippling than, than an actual physical injury. You try to work through, uh, when you have really bad anxiety or you're in a really, uh, depressive state, um, it's almost, you know, you want to talk about doing something impossible and just having to get through it and the show must go on. Believe me, um... That, that surprises me more than when somebody could go through a, wrestle through a physical injury. Because um, mentally, man, you know, it's, if you're not, uh, if you're not all there, you know, you could cause a lot of uh, injuries in the ring. And, um, and it's just not a good place to be when you're trying to perform and trying not to hurt anybody and trying to keep yourself from being hurt and, you know, so uh, it is pretty cool that WWE and AEW, and I think all across the board, that they're kind of getting away from that whole, like hopefully it's not gonna uh, generate a whole crop of pussies, but uh, excuse my language, but you know, I'm hoping that people with a serious um, situation will be able to take time off and take care of themselves and get better, whether it's physically or mentally or whatever. Um, it's a very demanding job to do 24 seven living out of a suitcase. Um, and I think that whichever company it is giving their talent, the, uh, the okay to get yourself better. Um, I think that's I think that's good, and I also think that uh, you know some old school guys will still work through whatever because that's the way we were all taught in wrestling that there is no there's no such thing as uh, you know timeout. There is no such thing as being injured where you can't work and um, you don't have to worry about people like taking your spot. I think that uh, things have eased up a little bit. That doesn't mean that some of these new guys could get a hangnail and say that they, uh, you know, they need four months off to heal from the, uh, you know, the mental stress of a, of a hangnail. 
you know, and I, I'm saying that kind of sarcastically, but you know where I'm, you know where I'm going with that, is that there's people out there, man, that, uh, you know, they don't want to work through the hard times, and, uh, that's fine, man, if you really need the break, then you need the break, but, uh, if you don't, don't say that you do, you ruin it for the people that, uh, really need to get themselves better, so, that's my whole take on, uh, the releases and everything, I think that, uh, the majority of it has to do with them having to let talent go that doesn't have the vaccine, but they don't want to come out and say that. But the next crop of talent that gets released, keep track of how many of those were vaccinated and how many of them weren't. And that could be the only reason for them to be giving up big stars. I could understand you got somebody who's like a, you know, lower on the card and you don't even really see them that much, um, to release them is easy, you know what I mean? It's like, well, we'll save money and, you know, we'll add them even though that they, whether they have it or they don't have it, we'll throw them into the mix, you know what I mean? Or whether they not have COVID, but have gotten the, um, the vaccine. Um, but we'll have to see, we'll see, because there are going to be, uh, there are going to be new releases and... We will talk about them when it happens. So, until next time, I think I got all your questions. Don't forget to send some more in. And um, I'll choose the best ones. And I'll mention them on the air. And hopefully you're watching and hopefully that uh, you've gotten your answers to your questions. Or maybe I uh, answered a question that you didn't even know you had until I answered it. You never know with much. Could answer all kinds of questions. Yeah, I can, uh, you know, shed some light on the meaning of life. Yeah, if you listen to much, everything's going to be okay. And on that note, this is Much Old Man signing out. From Macho Man Days. I'll see you next week. Yeah, dig it.